Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Welcome in, Tyler Head, Chris Clark, along with you in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Uh, Wes Mitchell will join us shortly. He's actually out at Shrine Bowl practice today, so we'll get a little bit of an uh, update from him on what's going out on out there with some Gamecock uh, Gamecock commits. But of course, Chris the ever-present story right now in college football is the transfer portal. And for South Carolina, they welcomed in a nice group of guys uh, on Friday, I believe nine in total, that came to campus and uh, were uh, getting shown around and getting to meet with the coaches, taking the pictures the whole nine yards. And now we're here on Monday and still waiting to see if any of those guys do indeed want to become Gamecocks in 2024. Well, we know that one of them will undisclosed right Shane Beamer firing off one welcome home tweet boy I, I saw guys y'all Gamecocks y'all were uh, y'all were restless yesterday a lot of people logged on they had their coffee or their lunch or whatever maybe another something of choice behind the computer on the phone firing up Twitter firing up Gamecocks De- depending on what they read determine the beverage <laughs> and maybe time of day maybe maybe, maybe not <laughs> who knows maybe some people got started early but, yeah, a um, lot of anticipation on this weekend, right? Because, you know, this was the first weekend um, that since the portal opened where you were it was going to be a big weekend in terms of volume and then obviously some of the names and some of the needs. You know, we know that South Carolina has a lot of transfer portal needs. People are really, really looking at running back, receiver, but there are others. And then – you look at some of the names that were coming in, right? The, the headliners 
from kind of a, a star power standpoint were Rocket Sanders, the running back from Arkansas, and then LT Overton, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M, because Rocket was a pretty big-time recruit, and obviously he's been a really, really good player at Arkansas. That's such a big need. And then LT Overton, as a former five-star who came from A&M, he was going to draw a lot of accolades, but but other players too. And so Gamecock fans, rightfully so, are, and I said this last week, they are ready for the portion of the program where the transfer portal giveth. We've already seen the taketh away. Sure. And, and we've seen some of what Wes has coined as the healthy transfer. We saw a bunch of those. But now they're ready for, okay, what's next? Got these needs. Let's go. I think one thing to keep in perspective and keep in mind is, because I've seen a, a lot of this sentiment on our website and on social media, you know, th- there's been a little bit of the weekend was a bust because there's not a bunch of public commitments. And what I would say is, we, we don't know that. that that's, that's too strong. What's most important is, who do you sign? Who comes in at the end of December? Who, who's here in January out of the transfer portal? That's the most important thing, not who publicly or silently commits while they're on the visit or a few hours. It would have been, we could have exited the weekend and said, man, that was a great weekend if they would have gotten, let's say Rocket Sanders and Overton and three other players commit. That would have been great, right? But it's more important, do do you get them at some point? Yeah, at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember what day they committed on as long as they end up committing here. And I think when you look around the country, um, and look, we're only – right out of week since the transfer portal officially opened, there are still a lot of programs out there that haven't gotten any specific commitments. And yeah, you look at like the Dylan Gabriels that have already announced they're going to go to North Carolina or, you know, Max Johnson going to, or not North Carolina to Oregon, excuse me, Max Johnson going to North Carolina. So there's a few names here and there that have already announced where they're going. But for the most part, when you scroll through 20 or uh, on threes, um, transfer portal rankings, most of these guys either have question marks or just a crystal ball on where they're going because not a lot of announcements have been made just yet. Yeah, and there there are some guys on this list of guys that came in that may end up taking other visits. Would, would you love if some of them would have shut it down? Yes. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, Ed West talked last week, and he was right, that sometime, there are some transfer guys that if you get them on campus first – fast mover, quick mover, that you can get him committed. Like we saw that with Chris Mitchell, Notre Dame. He had a bunch of schools that came after him. He talked to a bunch of the schools, one of the top transfer portal receivers in the country out of FIU. So he had a lot of interest. He only ended up taking one visit, right? Mm -hmm. But there are going to be others that don't fit in that boat. There's going to be others that want to take three. That was Chris Mitchell's plan, actually, wanted to take three or four visits. Sure. And so some of these guys – like, like, let me give an example. So, Gerald Kilgore, right? Tennessee Tech transfer, brother of Jalen Kilgore. Seems like a no-brainer, right? South Carolina's got a great shot with him. He's not committed right now. Right. And he is very likely, like, his plan is to go take some other visits. Sure. But you can kind of dig deeper. I mean, this is a guy that was a high school quarterback. He was not super heavily recruited, obviously, ended up at Tennessee Tech. This is a, an opportunity to go through this process. Right. There, there's some level of fun to this. And so it's going to go out and do that. That doesn't mean South Carolina is not going to sign him. You know, Rocket Sanders. Safe to say South Carolina is not the only school that's interested in adding Rocket Sanders to the backfield. Um, do they have a great shot at signing him? 
from what I hear and from my, you know, in my opinion, yes. Is he committed right now? No. And will he take other visits? Maybe, you know. And so, again, at the end of the day, what kind of position did this visit put you in for some of these guys? And will you end up getting them? And I imagine when we look back at this weekend, uh, let's say in January or February, there are some guys that visited this weekend that will end up as Gamecocks. Sure. There's possibly some guys that are going to pick another school. And there may even be a guy or two on this list that South Carolina says, hey, we we got more visitors coming in the next couple weekends. Let's hold off. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you, you bring in a couple – let's say you bring in a couple receivers next weekend that you really, really like and you, and you go ahead and get them. There may be some guys that you don't end up really, really pushing for. And I think we'll see a combination of all that. I, I don't think there was a – there wasn't a scenario coming into this weekend where you had eight transfers come in and the expectation was you get every single one of them on Sunday or Monday. Sure. I, I don't think that was really realistically on the table. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what you brought up just at the beginning of the show is there's this restlessness with a fan base that you know, last year when you look at you know what you uh, gave away and what was brought in, I think a lot of people felt like they lost on the transfer portal with sure. got losing guys like um, sure. Birch and um, uh, Bell and, and Lloyd and all those guys. And not that the talent that you brought in wasn't, solid and you had good contributions from guys like Trey Knox and guys like Mario Anderson but when you balance it out you felt like better talent left than what you brought in so I think there's an anxiousness this time around like okay we got to do better in the portal than we did a year ago I mean easy to forget two years ago you had a great portal bringing in Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler uh, among others so it's a year-by-year thing and I think people are just anxious to to want to know what kind of talent they're going to be bringing in and and what what level of talent is interested in South Carolina quite frankly because you look at a guy like Rocket Sanders who again is getting a lot of attention from all over the country a guy like LT Overton again a five-star guy that um, was a part of one of that those uh, huge classes for Texas A&M a couple years ago. Do they want to come to South Carolina? Because if you're not able to land those guys, then there's that pessimistic side that you're, makes you think, well, we're not going to be able to get anybody good out of the transfer portal because they don't see South Carolina as a good place to go. Yeah, and it's to- for those that do have the anxiousness, totally get it. Empathize um, because we have said, and it remains true, this is a critical offseason for South Carolina. You know, you're, you're coming off a season that didn't go how you wanted. And a big part of what you, you know, we're only talking, we're not talking about anything else right now. Like in this conversation, we're not talking about coaching tweaks or scheme or anything like that. Like we're just talking about recruiting. There's no doubt that's a big part of this that you have to solve. You've got some holes that you've got to plug. And, and some of that is depth at certain spots, like for instance, a DB. Um, some of it is you need some starters at, at particular spots, and your best shot to get that is not through high school recruiting. It, it is through the transfer portal. We know that they need multiple wide receivers and, and a running back or two from the portal. And so that anxiousness is well-founded. And so I understand when you don't see it right away, there's, there's a – like you said, Tyler, there's that kind of worry that can creep up of, well, is somebody going to say yes? And, and – are some good players going to say yes? But again, it, it that's that's very fair. That's very understandable. But also keep it in the context of, you know, you're not going to just sign that level of guy just uncontested, mm-hmm. right? Um, like a Rocket Sanders. There, there's going to be a battle again for a guy like that. You got to put yourself in a good spot, and ultimately, 
do you land him or not? So, again, we'll be able to fully assess what this portal class looks like, not here on Monday or not on Sunday a few hours after the visit wraps up, but what do you end up on? I do think that (laughs) some good news would go a long way in Columbia with seeing some guys from the transfer portal publicly jump in. People are are hungry Mm -hmm. for a Rocket Sanders, you know, to jump in the recruiting class. And that could happen. It's not it's not sitting right here today. Yeah, but it could it could happen. It's still on the table. And, and we'll start off with the running backs because that's the one that has garnered the most attention with this group of guys that visited this weekend. So he had Rocket Sanders mm-hmm. from Arkansas. He had Elijah Green, a name that we've uh, heard about for a while now, having interest in South Carolina. And then kind of a last minute addition, he had Oscar Attaway the third out of North Texas, somebody that put up you know, solid numbers out there. Um, but but as far as those three guys go there this weekend, again, it seems like Rocket Sanders, uh, a lot of positive momentum there. Elijah Green, maybe not so much, and maybe Oscar Hathaway could be that second guy in addition to Sanders if you're able to land both those, um, just kind of based on what you guys have felt from this weekend. Yeah. USC went into this weekend and really this entire portal season saying, hey, if, if there's – transfer portal backs that want to come, you're not really in a spot to turn them down. You know, I I think if South Carolina could get three backs from the portal, they would take them. Sure. Is that realistic to get three good ones? Eh, probably not. And, and so I think that's part of it. Elijah Green would be the one that I would put, like, in, in the tier three of, like, not as likely. Um, I don't think anything was wrong with the visit, per se, but I, I think, you know, the, the ties to, like, a Rocket Sanders are obvious. Sure. And And – the the fact everybody knows if Rocket Sanders comes to South Carolina, he, he's he's the guy. He, he's your number one. Oscar Attaway, um actually was watching a little bit of him at North Texas yesterday. They had a pretty good offense, six yards a carry, six touchdowns. Like he he put up some good numbers, and um, he's kind of like a Mario Anderson ish type of player. I think that's what he can be for you uh, ideally, and I I think he had a really good visit. So if you're kind of uh, Putting odds on those, you know, I think Rocket and Oscar Attaway, you got a good shot with both of those guys. And it's been kind of quiet. Will, will either of them take other visits? Don't know quite yet. Right. Um, a lot of these portal guys are kind of keeping things quiet, even behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I do feel very comfortable saying South Carolina did good work with both of those guys and I think have, have a shot to pull one or, or even both of them. From the portal class. We'll uh, continue our conversation about guys that were visiting over the weekend. We'll see if Wes is ready to check in from the uh, Shrine Bowl. May have to push him back a little bit later on in the show, but we'll get an update from him whenever we do get the chance to talk to him. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on this Monday here on the game and the 107.5 Game app. Well, welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler and Chris along with you. Wes out at the Shrine Bowl. believe we're going to try and check in with him in the next segment. Sounds like things a little bit fluid out there, which I imagine probably happens quite a bit at these type of things. So we'll hear from him uh, when we hear from him. But some Gamecocks out there to, um, you know, to get some updates on. Um, and obviously, you know, getting caught up in this transfer portal stuff, uh, looking at the calendar today, I'm like, oh, yeah, National Signing Day is nine days away, early signing day, which we should just all national signing day at this point like Pretty much oh yeah that thing's also going to be happening very very soon yeah nine days away and little housekeeping note the early signing day is actually a three-day signing period and so it's december 20th through the 22nd generally 
uh, you're going to see guys sign on that day, though. Sure. And there will be some, kind of the equivalent of a handful, basically, um, that may wait until the February, late, the, the more traditional signing day. And this, this thing was actually fascinating because Wes and I talk about this a lot. The first recruiting cycle that had the early signing period, the early December one, was the 2018 signing class. So that mm-hmm. would have been uh, like Josh Van was in that class, for instance. That's one that I always remember because I went to his high school. Yep. Actually, uh, J.C. Horn, you know, was – I think he ended up being – he might have ended up being a later signee, if I remember correctly. Um, but – it was it was interesting to see like how is this going to change things? Will more prospects than not sign in December? Will it be half and half? Will will just a few use it? And what ended up happening is coaches used it as an opportunity to really try to lock in your class in December. Sure. And so um, we have seen every year since we've had the early signing period more guys use it, and there's also been an uptick in the last, I don't know, 10 years of guys that enroll in January. Yep. A, a large chunk of South Carolina's current uh, 2024 recruiting class, high school guys, going to be early enrollees. And so you kind of put all that together, and that's why we that's why December is such an interesting, such a hectic month. Sure. Because, um, you know, you've got – you're finishing up high school and JUCO recruiting – for a bunch of guys that are probably going to sign early, a bunch that are probably going to enroll early, and then you got transfers coming on campus too, um, and and trying to to tie all that in. So, it's it's always a crazy month in December. Then you you got official visits coming in. You got coaches going out on the road. It's like Shane Beamer. I think it was on Friday. You know he's in town doing some visit stuff. Flies up to Virginia. Goes to the state title game. I did see game. that uh, for uh, Fred Johnson. Fred Johnson, and there's some underclassmen um, at his school as well. Uh, Kendall Daniels um, is is one, a DB, and they also got an edge prospect, Ari Watford, who played for Maury. They're, they're really, really good. Undefeated, won the state title. So he, go, he shoots up there, sees Fred Johnson, flies back. Then he's at Columbia Metropolitan Airport at 12.30 a.m. to welcome in LT Overton right. from his flight. So – um, a lot going on in the month of December for sure. There's also this thing called Christmas that probably gets pushed to the side for a lot of those coaches. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a, a chaotic time, and we're in the midst of the chaos when it comes to the transfer portal. And, and continue our conversation about running backs, and again, three on campus over the weekend with Rocket Sanders, Elijah Green, and Oscar Attaway from North Texas. You mentioned Oscar Attaway being very kind of similar, both in playing style and in stature to. A guy like Mario Anderson, Rocket Sanders, a little bit of a taller, slender type of back, but obviously, you know, di- uh, very good backs in their own right. And as you mentioned, South Carolina's definitely not going to say no to any transfer portal running backs. Do you think Dow Loggins has a preference on what type of back he'd like to use in his offense? Obviously very familiar with Rocket Sanders, but is that type of running back more suited <laughs> to what he does? Yeah, I was, since you left opening, I was going to say he'd like a Rocket Sanders type of running back. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think you want a, a mix of, of skill sets and guys that can do some different things for you. Ultimately, you just want to look at your backfield and say that you got some dudes in there, you know, and, and you look at rocket, uh, you know, just to go off his skill set, he can, he can catch the football out of the backfield. Um, he can hit some home runs for you at times. He can make some tough runs for you. And that's really what you're looking for. Um, 
the, the best backs can kind of do all those things. And so that that's why he's so highly sought after. Um, I think if you look at the guys that they're recruiting and then the guys that they will have on campus next year, there is kind of a mix of skill sets. You know, Matt, Matthew Fuller is a, you know, a, a well-built back who maybe isn't going to be a home run hitter at the SEC level, but had great yards per carry this year playing for Wayne County. Has a good, good balance, good vision. Um, very, very productive, tough runner, um, good, you know, contact balance. Then you got a guy like DJ Braswell, you know, who's one of the probably the top five, top ten fastest players on the team, and he might can be a home run hitter, whereas he's maybe not as not like a Mario Anderson like in physicality at, sure. at this point, right? So I, I think just having a good mix of skill sets, but having a guy that can carry the football twenty times a game for you. You know, and we don't know. Uh, coaches are often asked, you know, how are you going to split carries? And and I think a really good answer is that the, the players kind of dictate that. You know, if you got a guy that can carry it 20 times a game, he will. Um, if guys earn playing time and it's more of a split, then, then you go with that. Yeah, it's definitely a feeling out process. And people may ask the question, well, if you're going out in the transfer portal and trying to get running backs, what's the point of bringing in guys like T.J. Braswell, Matthew Fuller, you know, if you don't think those guys – can end up being number ones. And it's not to say that they can't be, but you would certainly much rather start a season by saying, okay, we got a Rocket Sanders or Oscar Attaway. These guys are going to get the bulk of the carries until we see what we need to see from the likes of Braswell, from the likes of Fuller, and then you uh, adjust the um, you know adjust the load accordingly. But it's I think it's more about not having to put the pressure on those guys and, if anything else, having enough bodies in the room because that's obviously an issue <laughs> they had going into the season why to carry on Jordan's playing running back to begin with, so just kind of bulking that room up a little bit more and, you know, adding some uh, experience and some senior leadership because right now your most experienced guy is Juju McDowell and then the next most experienced guy is DJ Braswell from a scholarship standpoint. Like, that's a pretty steep cliff between those two guys, and we obviously don't know what Juju McDowell is going to look like coming back next year from the, um, you know, from the collarbone injury. So just having experience more than anything else and depth in that room is, is the most important thing. Yep, I think you nailed it. I mean, depth experience i mean right now you, you can't go into a season with the two scholarship backs and they won't um everything that's why again the anticipation the anxiousness that we talked about earlier who's it gonna be you know because you know you need volume but you also need some proven production you know out of the transfer portal remember last year and you mentioned you mentioned this earlier tyler last year you know you lose marshawn lloyd and the goal was to get a high school back, at least one, and then to go sign a couple guys out of the portal. And so you did get DJ Braswell from the high school, former four-star guy, talented guy. And then you got Mario Anderson out of the portal, and he ended up being a really, really good get. But you also – that was supposed to be like an and situation. You know, you were supposed to get – ideally you wanted a second back out of the portal, and they hosted – another what couple guys for visits didn't end up getting them this year i think you very much feel like you really got to get two guys out of the portal this year um you bring in fuller you're still recruiting a high school guy in in daniel hill you you would love to get both of those i, I think hill was kind of gosh it's, it's kind of bent up in the air right kind of back and forth up in the air you, you definitely can't count on him if you get Fuller and you get a couple guys from the portal, you probably feel pretty good. Ideally, you'd like to have you know four new guys, whether a combination of high school and the portal. But 
definitely a spot where you got to add some volume in terms of just the numbers for depth purposes. But you also need proven production. I mean, th- this is a team in South Carolina last year that we all know Mario Anderson did give them a shot in the arm in the run game. But even with him on the roster, they still weren't good enough running the football. And kind of look back at some of Shane Beamer's preseason goals for this team. He wanted to be a lot better, not turning the football over offensively, and he wanted to run the ball better and stop the run better. Now, they had issues stopping the run still. Overall, better picture. Overall, still got work to do. They were definitely better not turning the football over on offense. Mission accomplished there. But running the football offensively, you, you, you couldn't say you met that goal. Sure. And so you look at, well, what are the issues? There were several, but one of them is certainly you needed um, – you just need some big-time, more big-time personnel in that running back room. And that's why, again, this offseason is so critical, and that's why Gamecock fans are so tuned in to can you get Rocket a guy like Rocket Sanders in this class because you can immediately visualize – what, you know, a backfield with him and Lenora Sellers and, and maybe a healthy offensive line, what that would look like. Absolutely. Well, Wes says he's good to go. We'll check into him with him at a Shrine Bowl practice of the Carolinas and get his thoughts on the transfer visits this weekend as well. It's coming up, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler and Chris here in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Now joined on the Love Chevrolet phone lines by Wes Mitchell, who is out at the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas practice, where there are a couple of future Gamecocks out there. We'll get to those in just a moment, but Wes, Chris, and I have been trying to calm people down uh, who are a little bit anxious after the recruiting weekend that uh, nobody has officially committed to the Gamecocks out of the transfer portal just yet, but Coach Beamer did put out a welcome home, so it's coming. We just don't know who it is quite yet, but people are are very, very anxious to see who's going to come in out of the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I know people are a little bit uh, anti right now, and, and obviously they're wanting to see what this weekend is, is going to sort of uh, be in terms of actual results from South Carolina on the recruiting trail. You know, I, I think if if we were to look back on this weekend and say, hey, South Carolina missed on everybody, then, then yeah, I would, I would get uh, people being a little upset about that. But I, I would just say, as I'm sure you all have probably said, um, you know, patience. Let's see what happens. Let's see how South Carolina ends up in, in terms of these guys that were on campus and, and where they end up. Um, you know, talking to a couple of them, they, they just kind of already have had visits set elsewhere, so they want to maybe take some of those trips and, and maybe see a couple of other schools before making decisions, and you kind of have to respect that and, and just see where things go. So I, I still think, honestly, guys, pretty successful weekend for South Carolina. Uh, but, you know, obviously we want to see if that's going to be the case in terms of these final decisions. Yeah, Wes, that's, what I, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier is ultimately, you know, the, the, the mark of a successful weekend is going to be really not even the weekend. The mark of just a successful transfer portal window is going to be who do you sign? Like who do you add? That doesn't necessarily have to be – Sunday, it doesn't have to be Monday, the day after the visits wrap. Because I kind of segmented these players. Tell me if you agree, disagree with this. Not going to offend me either way. But I kind of segmented these into like, there's some guys that you definitely need to sign that visited this weekend. No ifs, ands, and ruts about it. Like, you need to sign them whenever that happens. 
need to bring him on campus. There's also some guys that, hey, maybe you get a couple guys on campus over the next couple weekends that you like even better and that you have a good shot with, and and you can get those. And then, quite frankly, you may have some guys that visited this weekend that just straight up pick another program. I feel like you can segment guys into all three of those buckets. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think, um, you know, just because you don't get a guy right off the bat does not mean you're not going to get him in the end. And I I think there's a couple of guys, really for me, honestly, frankly, one guy on campus, and that's the one, Rocket Sanders, that I sit there and say, he's the one that, now maybe I'm wrong, maybe another running back pops up, maybe a guy just as good as him rolls into town next week. But, you know, to me, that's going to be tough. So, to me, I look at Rocket Sanders, and I say that's the guy that is the, the true just difference maker out of that group that's done it at the SEC level, has rushed for 1,400 yards in a season, can come in day one starter. I, I have no doubt that, you know, they're going to be able to sort of fill out their running back room in, in terms of guys that can help. But, you know, I, I think they're in, in really good shape with uh, Oscar Attaway after this weekend. That one kind of came up. You know, obviously late in the week last week, he, he didn't hit the portal, I think, until like Thursday. Then he's on campus at South Carolina Friday. And, you know, you can kind of fill out that room, I think. But Rocket is the one that I look at from this past weekend that you just say that that's the true difference maker of that group. And I think it's going to be hard to really just truly replace with, with somebody else. So, you know, I, I tend to think, Chris, unless uh, – correct me if anything's changed in the last hour since you and I talked – well, I've been out here, but, I mean, I think South Carolina probably feels pretty good about the work they did with Rocket Sanders over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, to, to me, he's the guy that I just circle out of that group and say, um, you know, you, you just got to find a way to get that one done. Shifting the focus to the Shrine Bowl, the Carolinas, where you're out there at practice today, a couple Gamecock commits are out there, Josiah Thompson, Kelvin Hunter, and Blake Franks. And we talk about positions of need on the South Carolina team and positions of importance going into 2024 offensive line and secondary are two of the ones at the top of the list not you not that you want ex- these guys to be thrown to the wolves right away but these are three guys that could come in and have a significant contribution to the Gamecocks right away in 24 yeah for sure man I, I think you look particularly I look at Josiah Thompson and so Josiah's here it, it's kind of funny you look out there and, uh, you know, a lot, almost all these kids, especially on the offensive line, are big human beings. But if you kind of had a camera and just panned across, about all of them are about the same height. And then you get to Josiah and you'd have to pan up, uh, you know, about four inches, I, I think. So Josiah is instantly kind of the biggest guy here in, in terms of just frame. And, um, you know, he's really reshaped his body. I, I think when he gets to South Carolina and gets in that weight program, you're going to see him very quickly add more and more muscle and weight. Um, you know, that, that's probably the, the final step for him. And obviously, you know, there'll be some on-field development, of course, with, with any offensive line. It's a developmental position. But when you just look at the uh, sort of how light on his feet is, that the, the he is, the pure athleticism, the long arms, like I said, the frame, um, you know, you don't want to force this kid into being your starting left tackle next season. But I think certainly you look at the fact he's going to be out here, he's going to go play in a national all-star game, and then he's going to go straight from there to Columbia, will enroll early at South Carolina, will go through spring practice. Um, You know, I think there's a great chance for him to be in the mix 
in Columbia year one, at least as a guy who's maybe pushing for some playing time. You know, we'll, we'll see with the other guys. You know, Blake Franks, honestly, Blake, has he's kind of reshaped his body a little bit from when we saw him when he uh, committed to South Carolina. He uh, So Josiah's out here at, at left tackle with the ones. Blake is rotating with the ones at right tackle. And then uh, Kelvin Hunter, who's the long defensive guy for South Carolina, defensive commitment that's out here. Um, he's kind of playing more almost of like a Sam Nickel type role from what I've seen. And uh, have they're, they're not tackling or hitting out here yet, so I haven't really gotten a, a good look at, at him. But, uh, you know, I think Kelvin's a guy certainly, if he comes in and works, that can maybe be uh, a day one special teams guy for South Carolina. Wes, are, uh, are you a little bit surprised? This thought just kind of hit my mind. You know, Josiah Thompson – has just been minted in the last several days, I guess, as an on-three industry five-star, meaning, you know, you average together his rankings for all four of the major recruited recruiting services. He's a five-star. We know on-three, our guy Charles Power, is the highest on him as the in, in the industry. Has Josiah Thompson almost gone under the radar as much as an in-state five-star potential, like, first-round type of talent at a position where people are really kind of starved for seeing that type of prospect. To me, he's almost gone under the radar a little bit. Yeah, man, I think this is the classic. If um, he had been uncommitted and fans have been maybe following, a, you know, a, another year of watching him, uh, you know, take visits and, and wonder, oh, are we going to get that guy? Is he going to come here? then it might be a much different story. I think, you know, Josiah, the process started so early for him. I think that he was sort of quietly going about the process. And so it wasn't really even a quick process. It was just an early process, I felt like. And South Carolina, you always felt like they would have a shot to get him in the end. They did, obviously. I think that slowed some of the attention maybe for him from the fans. But, yeah, certainly, dude, you're talking about a five-star in-state guy staying home, going to South Carolina, one of two five-stars in this class to go along with Dylan Stewart. And, um, you know, the, the fifth star did get added a little bit late as far as the industry goes. And so I think that maybe plays into that as well, I guess you'd say. But, yeah, I mean, Gamecock fans should be thrilled. Um, and and not, to get, not to get too deep into it, man, but the, you don't find these guys in the portal either. So That's right. That's right. I, I, think, I think there's a lot of added value You've got to recruit your off your future offensive tackles out of the high school ranks. You know, you look at maybe any other position and say, ah, you can maybe fill it in the portal. But offensive tackle, unless you're just really lucky, uh, you ain't finding SEC dominant starting left tackles. Not that Josiah is that yet, uh, but he has the potential to be. You just don't find those guys in the portal. All right, Wes, we'll get your official report on all things Shrine Bowl when you get back here, and we'll also have plenty of uh, transfer portal stuff to talk about as the week goes along. All right, boys, you have a good one. All right, Wes Mitchell out there at the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas. Real quick, before we hit this break. On the Thursday of Christmas, the 12 Days of Christmas on the Game is sponsored by Griffin Pools and Spa. Here's what Santa has right now. Yeah, so for the 12 days of Christmas, caller number four right now will win a autographed James Hicks 
t-shirt pitch for the Gamecocks. James Hicks came and signed some t-shirts for us a while back. Caller number four right now, 803-404-6100 will win that t-shirt as a part of the 107.5 The Game, 12 Days of Christmas. We'll wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs coming up here on The Game and the 107.5 The Game app. And welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Well, not Wes. He is out at Shrine Ball practice. Just joined us on the left Chevrolet phone lines. Be back in studio tomorrow. But obviously talking about the transfer portal all day long. And I believe we might have a little bit of insight on that welcome home from Shane Beamer yesterday. Yeah, looks like we have the first true fruits of that. Um, Jerome Simmons, Juco defensive lineman. Uh, says on Twitter, after a great visit this weekend with Gamecock football, I've decided to commit early and come back home. Let's get to work. And so uh, Simmons, uh, interesting background because he's from Bamberg, Earhart uh, High School, and uh, now out at Highland Community College in Kansas. And so he drew um, some offers as a JUCO guy. Georgia was one that he was considering taking a visit to next month, but he's been to Kansas State. Louisiana, and you may say, why, why is he visiting Louisiana? Louisiana's defensive line coach is actually Dennis Thomas, who uh, played for South Carolina and then formerly served as a graduate assistant to the late, great Brad Lawing at South Carolina as well. And so there's kind of a natural tie in there, and D Dennis Thomas is actually a, a guy from the state of South Carolina originally. So, um, look, this is someone that we know South Carolina has done really good work in terms of getting back their top defensive linemen, uh, their top interior guys for next year. You think of Boogie Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, TJ Sanders. You're going to get all those guys back, Nick Barrett. You got some guys, but you wanted to add somebody who is maybe a different body type, and Jerome Simmons fits the bill. You know, this is a kid that's 6'3", about 330 or so. Um, so he, he kind of fits the bill of that type who, if you need a guy who can go in and plug some space, maybe serve as a nose type for you. Jerome Simmons fits that bill. And so uh, he was on campus this weekend, first fruits of the big transfer portal weekend. And when you think about the defensive line room and obviously the guys that are already coming back with, uh, you know, Boogie and Tonka and um, uh, all those guys, like you have a good amount of veteran experience already in that room. And here's a guy that, again, you know, has been at the JUCO level, has played a lot of football already that, um, you know, we don't know exactly how big of a role he's going to play, but another experienced guy in that room can only help. Absolutely. I mean, again, a different body type. Um, you look at the guys on the roster, Nick Barrett is probably, he's the main one that you look at as, you know, that, that space eater type, like that, that nose type. Boogie is more of your traditional defensive tackle. Um, TJ Sanders, he can play, you know, he's a tackle, but he swung outside some. Tonka Hemingway, he can play end, he can play inside, he can do either, but not Tonka Hemingway isn't a 320-pound type of guy. So um, Jerome's a guy that will have multiple years of eligibility for you. He's an in-state guy. And he, you know, this is not, this was not going to be a big defensive tackle class in terms of number. They had some high school guys that they were after that they would have liked to have gotten, didn't. And so you kind of look at it as, hey, if you're bringing in one or two guys, what makes sense? And Jerome ended up making sense. A guy that South Carolina had actually been watching for a while, Tyler, 
and offered him not too long ago, uh, had him in during the season, and then had him in for this official visit, and now he's officially a Gamecock member of the class. Yep, and as Beamer you know, mentioned yesterday, this would obviously imply this is the welcome home that he was talking about. He does anticipate a couple more, hopefully sometime this week. So, again, it's a slow process, kind of a trickling out, um, and there are plenty of other guys. I mean, looking at, like, McGowan um, from, uh, from Vanderbilt who visited this weekend but also has a couple other visits lined up and wanted to go through the due process of, you know, getting everybody a fair shake there before they're, um, you know, announcing their commitment. So just because the guy doesn't commit, three days afterwards or whatever it may be doesn't mean they're not coming. There's more visits, obviously, to come on campus here soon. So it's a slow process, um, and obviously we'll stay on top of it as it goes. But uh, for now, Jerome Simmons, defensive lineman from JUCO, the first to join out of the transfer portal for the Gamecocks. There should be others. You know, I mean, Shane Beamer tweeted it yesterday. Um, you know, he, he tweeted out kind of the bat signal, if you were, uh, if you will, wel- welcoming home a certain prospect. I think that was Jerome Simmons. I would uh, <laughs> assume and, uh, that's probably what that was. Yeah, but, there, you know, when Beamer says he's expecting some others, I, I think he's probably right. Again, let's go back to the categories that we kind of mentioned um, earlier in the program. You've got some guys that you will get from this class. You've got some guys that may not pick your school out of those eight, what, nine, really, transfer portal visitors. And then you got some that, you know, it could be that you – you eventually land a prospect, another prospect at the same position that you move on from. And so most of most of the visitors were of the transfer portal variety. But South Carolina did have a couple guys on campus that were not from the portal. Simmons was one, and actually a 2025 prospect, Tyler, Marshall Pritchett, who's originally from the Charleston area, a tight end that South Carolina has offered, kind of has the, the look and the feel of maybe their guy yep. in the class for 2025 at that position. He's one. He was really, I think, uh, the only guy. Yeah, from the high school ranks. Again, not this class. Twenty twenty five. He visited as well, and I think they'll be in the game with him as well. Absolutely, we'll keep an eye on everything transfer portal as the week goes along. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on the game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Kansas, 1 770 Stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1 800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts or call 1 877 8 Hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.